I am so thankful for what Michael brought to you guys the last two weeks and uh, talking about leadership. And if you didn't get a chance to hear that, I really want to encourage you, go back and listen. It was a two-part series over the last two weeks about leadership because this is the time for that. And it's important not only to know how to lead, what it means to step up, but your responsibility in doing that. Because sometimes it's real easy to just kind of stay in the background, fade back, and kind of watch what happens. Because there's no real risk. There's no real risk of feeling stupid. There's no real risk of, of making a wrong decision. But guess what? There's no faith. No faith in that. There's no opportunity to please the Lord with that faith. So I really want to encourage you guys to do that, to uh, go back and listen to those last two weeks. He and Allie will be with us next Sunday before we all fly out um, and and, uh, head to Nigeria for a short trip. Well, it won't be short for them. They're they're going back home. (laughs) But uh, we'll be going out for a short trip. So, uh, so we'll, let's let's open in prayer here. And man, I I have about a million things swirling in my mind. And <laughs> the Lord didn't make it any easier this morning by telling me change it up, change it up. How do you change something up when you have like ten things in your mind? What does that mean? Does that mean maybe I get rid of them all? change it up. You know, I trust him. I trust him. Whatever that means, Father, do it. I give you my yes. If you want me to do cartwheels up here, I will do that. But before I do that, let's pray. (laughs) Father, we worship you and praise you. We love you. We thank you, God, for who you are. We thank you, God, that from the moment of creation, from the moment of thought, for each one of us, you had a plan. That nothing surprises you. We don't even surprise you. You have a plan for our lives. You have a plan for our hearts. You have a plan to redeem what was lost the day it was given away. You have a plan. I thank you for that plan. I thank you and I give full faith into every piece of it coming to fruition. I pray this morning, Lord, that you take this service Your Holy Spirit, do with it what you will. I declare my agreement with your will in Jesus' name. Even if there are times I do not know what that is. You have my yes. You have my agreement. I just simply give it to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray that you fill my mouth. Fill my mouth to speak to ears that are ready to hear, eyes that are ready to see. I thank you for each and every person that is here, that is watching in Nigeria, that is watching from all over online, even all those that will watch. I pray that your purpose and your will be done through this time. In Jesus' name, amen. I had something really interesting happen to me this week. Uh, I'll tell you about it. You notice, well, actually online it probably doesn't look any different, but for those of you guys here, uh, you notice the wall behind us. And we, I just I temporarily put up the, the black uh, uh, backdrop 
just, just so you wouldn't see the framed wall. Um, it will be drywall. It will be completely finished. The whole reason for that is so we can put in uh, uh, some insulation and we don't have to pay $1,500 a month in utility bills. That will be nice. But had an interesting thing happen. You, most of you here know that my background is building. And, and um, so on Monday, uh, Derek and I were, were framing this, this wall behind me. And, you know, I used to be used to using a framing nailer. <laughs> and uh, on Monday, I had something happen I have never had happen before to this extent. I mean, I've, I've shot myself with a framing nailer before. And whatever, you nick it and, you know, whatever. It's, it's all good. Um, and when I used to frame, I set, you could set a framing nailer up in two ways. You could, you could set it up to what they call single shot, which means it has to re, uh, reconnect with, with that front piece every time. Or you take that little clip out and it'll go boom, 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 which is much faster. Well, I, I always had mine set up on, on the, the, the faster shot because it's much faster. Well, that was back when I was used to using one. <laughs> and I'm boom, 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 boom. And, and, you know, Derek's kind of holding stuff with me. And all of a sudden, one goes off, and it just goes right into my finger. Now, I've had that happen before. It's not a big deal. I've had it happen. I had one go through the, the meat of my hand right here. Not a big deal. But this one stuck in the bone. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> trying to pull this thing out. It was a little freaky, I got to tell you. It was hilarious. You know, so it, it, it just hurt like insane. I pull this thing out. And my fingers just going boom, 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 and immediately it's swollen, right? Without hesitation, Derek, I love Derek, and maybe this is why God even sent him here to the U.S., because Greg's going to do something stupid, and he needs to be there to help. He just lays his hand on my shoulder, and he starts praying and declaring, and I, I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen. I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement. I'm telling you, within minutes, it stopped hurting. It was crazy. It was crazy. Within minutes. Within, I would say, maybe a couple of hours, it wasn't swollen anymore. Still looked a little broken, a little crooked, but, but it wasn't swollen anymore. I mean, now all there is is a scab. It doesn't hurt at all. It didn't hurt that day at all. That is the power. That's, by the way, not the power of Derek. (laughs) That is the power of God. That's the power of Derek's faith. But that's the power of God. Man alive, God is there to do those things. Nothing will will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Nothing. So I just want to encourage you, and, and I'm pretty sure most of the framing's done. So maybe everything else. I, I do. I do have to work with an automatic screw gun to do the drywall. So we'll see how that goes. You know, if I come in that Sunday and I have bandaged arms and hands and everything else, well, no, I'm kidding. For those of you online who, who don't know, this used to be, and, and maybe some people here don't know either, this used to be an auto body shop, or like a, a car shop that would work on cars. So we are slowly transforming it into a nicer place, right? So keep praying for us. Um, and I'll tell you what. <laughs> The moment I heard change it up, this is what hit me and it hasn't left. And part of me wonders, you know, maybe it's that risk, that whole risk thing. I don't know. I feel like I'm not supposed to hold anything back. 
But wouldn't God just say, don't hold anything back? (laughs) Yeah. I trust you, Lord. I do feel strongly that I'm not supposed to hold anything back. You know, in the last, since May of last year, so in the last 13 months, I've been on five continents. I've been, as best as I could count, to over 11 countries. Everywhere I've been, the Lord, and and even within the United States, I've been to both coasts. Um, I've been to several places here. In addition to what he sends me there for, every place he sends me, he tells me to observe, to watch the people, to observe what's going on, to try to discern thoughts, their minds, you know, as as much as possible by seeing evidence, right? you ever, you ever, uh, have you ever been a people watcher where you just go and, and you just kind of watch? There's a lot you could discern from that. There's a lot you could discern from a society when you sit in the middle of their square and you just watch. That's what the Lord has had me do. And one of the things that has unmistakably every time hit me like a two-by-four across the head is these people don't have a clue as to what's coming or even what's upon us. They don't have an idea. Now, that isn't to say that nobody does. Clearly, there is a remnant that does. But why is it just a remnant? Why? Why was it such a small number in just about every example we see in the Word of God of deliverance? You know, the flood, such a small number. Why when over a million Israelis in slavery in Egypt, why weren't they all unified into what was really going on? When Moses was called to lead them out, they weren't. In fact, they were stuck in their own fear. They were stuck in their own rut of what was going on around them, what they could see, what they could hear. They couldn't see with eyes that could see. Perhaps because their pain was too great. Thankfully, they could cry out to God because they did. He heard their cries and he called Moses to work through to deliver them. But Israel couldn't see it. In fact, as they were escaping, they even said at the point of coming to the Red Sea, why have you brought us out here just to die? After seeing the miracles... Of that deliverance. Now you look at this and you think, man alive, how in the heck do they not get it? But let's try and put ourselves in their situation because I think what you're going to find is it's the same thing going on today with the bride. The same thing. Back then you have over a million Jews in slavery, Moses is sent, Moses and Aaron, they're sent for this deliverance to take them out, right? God said, I will do this over a series of miracles. But if you read about this, those miracles are matched in one way or another by Pharaoh and his magicians. That's an extraordinary thought. So imagine Israel watching this. How in their mind are they to distinguish between the two if they seem the same without faith? 
can't. That's why it took more than one. Right? When Moses threw down his staff, it turned into a snake. The magicians did the same thing, turned into a snake. Now, I I don't know if this was scripture, if this was just in the movie I watched growing up, but I know in the movie, God's snake ate the other snake, right? Is that in scripture? God's so cool. That is really cool. It's kind of like, okay, you matched it up, but here's, here's one just a little bit better. Until the last one. The last one that was overwhelming. The last one that took life. Israel saw that. They saw their own protection from that. And they left with jubilee. But they didn't leave with faith. How sad. You would like to think that at some point they developed faith along the way, but we know they didn't. Because when they got to the promised land, the spies went out, ten of them came back and said, we can't take this. They're too big. Do you see how important faith is? in this walk that we're in. It takes faith to see the truth. Like I said, I've been to all these places and there's one thing that I see in common with every one of them. The church. I'm not even talking about the world. I mean, the world would have no clue anyways. That's actually not true. I'll explain that in a minute. But the church has no idea what is coming. No idea. And they're supposed to. They're supposed to. It's kind of like when Jesus had the triumphal entry going into Jerusalem. Guess what? The Jews were supposed to know that. Do you know there was a prophecy from Daniel? That that prophecy went down to the very day. The very day that Jesus walked into Jerusalem with the triumphal entry. The Jews should have known that. The church leaders should have known that. We can look at it now and we can add up the very days and it's exact. And and it wasn't like it was just six months away. I, I think this was, I can't remember how many years, but I mean this was centuries later. I don't know why 1200 sticks in my mind, but... Whatever. The point is, they should have known. So should we. We should know. But you have to have faith to know. You have to have faith to search it out. You have to have an open, faithful heart to even understand. That's what God is saying. In fact, Jesus, when He came, He... he, had a sense of frustration for those who should have known. I I want you to turn there, in fact. Let's turn to Luke. I think it's chapter 12. Yeah, Luke chapter 12, verse 54. Luke 12, 54. And this is Jesus speaking. It says, he, he also said to the crowds, so this is Jesus, When you see a cloud rising in the west, you say at once, A shower is coming, and so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, There will be scorching heat. And it happens. You hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? Lord's crying out to the church now. Do you not see what He is doing? Do you not see what He wants to do through you? Through His bride? We've talked about this war that's going on, right? I want to go back to the beginning a little bit of that war. Because if you don't get this understanding of this war 
you're going to miss a lot of the understanding. And when circumstances start to roll out, it's going to confuse you. It may even scare you. So let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to Genesis. Genesis chapter 3. The first chapter in the Bible that is sad. And probably the saddest. When Adam sinned and he gave away the title deed of the earth to Satan... You know the whole situation, right? Let, let, me, let me explain it in some other terms here. You have the Garden of Eden. You have Adam and Eve that were created to have fellowship with God. But not only that, they were created to steward God's creation. They were the human partnership of God to steward the earth that he created and gave to them because he made them head over everything. Right? That's what he said. In fact, he had Adam name all the animals. Right? Man had dominion over the earth. Man walked with God in the cool of the day. How cool is that? That's something I keep asking God for. Except not so much in the cool of the day. I just want to have him sit next to me when I'm having coffee in the morning. But I mean, I mean real. I mean like physical. Because I know he's there and we talk. But how awesome would that have been? What Adam and Eve got to enjoy. It's because they were not set to the three-dimensional world that we are. It said they were clothed in light. Right? The world that they lived in, that they got to experience, was the same world that we now call the spirit realm. Things that we cannot access in the fallen bodies that we have, but we can access by faith. So they had this perfect relationship. They had this perfect situation. Then temptation came. And it's kind of myopic to think that this snake somehow just started talking to Eve and she listened and sinned and then gave it to her husband. Right? That that's that's not quite how it was. In in fact, we know that in Genesis 3 the serpent wasn't what we know of as the serpent today. That's the curse. What we see today is the curse of what the ramifications were of the serpent's involvement. But please recognize that the serpent was an animal. It was a reptile. It was an animal. Is an animal. Whatever. But yet then we see that there is something else going on. And we see it when God comes down and gives the curses. He deals with the serpent. He said, for the physicality of what you just did, you're going to crawl on your belly the rest of your life. Or not just the rest of its life, but, I mean, its existence. Now it becomes a snake, right? But then it changes. I want to read that. Because it gives you the first idea that something's going on here more than just a serpent talking to Eve. Verse 15. I will put enmity between you and the woman. Who's he talking to? He's talking to this serpent, but he's not talking to that physical snake that is now on its belly. Which, by the way, wasn't a snake before. I'm not going to go down that road, but 
It was something else. It's what Satan is called later on. For those of you who are depressed that (coughs) dragons were never real, guess what? They were. They were just cursed and changed. That's why later Satan is called a dragon. We see that in Revelation. He's also called serpent. I will put enmity between... By the way, what is enmity? Hate. Literal word that that means is hatred. I will put hatred. Not uncomfortable. I remember when, when I used to read this back before, I used to think, well, maybe that's why women don't like snakes. Boy, what a, what a sad little infantile way to look at it. Because you know, I, I know just about as many men that don't like snakes either. It's not about the physicality of women hating snakes. It's not it at all. What God is starting to lay out here is a war. A war that he did not start. A war that the enemy... The dragon, this serpent, started. I'll put enmity or hatred between you and the woman, between your offspring or in, in really, the ESV says offspring, really it's seed. The word there is between your seed and her seed. Okay, now, this is where it gets a little confusing. Who was the serpent? It says a little earlier that it was an animal that God had created. But it happened to be the a little bit different than the others because of its cunning. Not sure what that means. Don't have to know what that means. But what happened was Lucifer... I assume through the agreement of the snake, because the snake was cursed, well, the dragon was cursed as well, but to live on his belly. But So there was agreement there, but what happened? Lucifer possessed this animal. Lucifer possessed this animal to talk to Eve, to go after her. Okay, you with me? That's in, that may or may not make a difference right now. It doesn't matter, you know, whether it was a rock that was talking to Eve. Bottom line is she, she ate of the fruit and then gave it to Adam and he ate of the fruit and off we go. But it is important and I'll, I'll tell you why. So again, he says, I will put hatred between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. And then here's the prophecy. He shall bruise your head, and you, and, and by the way, the word there is really crush. Crush. He shall crush your head, and you shall crush his heel. I can't say I fully understand the second part, except when I step on something so hard, it hurts my heel. <laughs> That's all literally what comes to my mind. When I, I get the impression here, the veracity of what God is going to do in going after His seed, there will be bruising involved because of the effort that He takes to crush. Does that make sense? Now, What in the world does it mean when it says his seed? First of all, why in the world were angels developed with the capability of procreation? They weren't. They weren't created with the capability of procreation. That is why Lucifer had to entwine himself with the serpent. 
Because when he entwined himself with the serpent, he took on the characteristics of the serpent. And we know the ramifications of that that was prophesied right here. That there would be a seed that would come from him. Come from the serpent? No, come from Lucifer. We see that throughout the Word of God. And this is a really important thing to understand because it is not history. It's real time. It's every day of history. Because Lucifer's goal has never changed. We won't turn there, but if you look later, getting into Genesis chapter 6, and we've talked about it, I believe, before, what led up to the flood? That's pretty drastic. You know, if you created something, if, if you were the creator and you created this beautiful thing, it would take a lot for you to destroy it, wouldn't it? I would think so. Especially if it was perfect when you created it. And it was only made imperfect by the hands of another. So he goes and that's what leads up to the flood. It wasn't that they were wicked. My goodness, guys, there should be water all around us right now. If it was because of that. Or God said, I won't ever do that in... Water again, but he said, I will destroy it in fire. So where's the fire? It's because it was a very unique type of wickedness. That's spelled out right here in chapter 3. It was his seed. Satan had a plan. That plan was because also in chapter 3, God has a prophecy of the Messiah, the very first prophecy of a Messiah, of a Redeemer that would come, that would crush the head of the enemy. So in Satan's mind, he's like, okay, if the seed is my enemy, I've got to get rid of the seed, the seed of the woman. Because somehow a Redeemer is going to come from that, so if I could stop the seed... I'll stop the Redeemer. And that's what he tried to do before the flood. And and again, I'm not going to get into that, but you guys know the stories of the sons of God or the fallen angels that come and sleep with the women and they have these offspring called Nephilim. And we've talked about that before. I'm sure everybody here has heard about that. That is not ancient history, guys. Because God said, as in the days of Noah, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. He also said in Genesis 6, before and after the flood, this will happen again, God says. The difference is, there came a point where Satan's plan had to change. Right? Satan's plan, right up until the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, Satan's plan was that seed be eradicated so that nothing could happen. The Redeemer can't possibly come because the seed of the woman is tainted. How do I know the tainted part is because why was Noah and seven others allowed to live? Bible says because he was perfect in his generations. Not because he was righteous, not because he was good looking, not because we need a doctor on the ark. (laughs) Right? No, it was because he was perfect in his generations. His generational line was not tainted by this seed. And and I'm not going to get into the biology of all that, but... But you can infiltrate a society 
by infiltrating their seed. That's what Satan has done. That's what he did right, right up until the point that Jesus, that he knew Jesus was the Messiah. He thought he killed him and only to realize that that was the very thing that would make his head be crushed. Jesus raising from the dead. But even then, he did not stop with his seed. He didn't, although his motivation changed. For the life of me, I could not figure out what in the world his motivation would be now. Like, like of course, it's hard to figure out the mind of, of Satan, of Lucifer, but I could not figure out what in the world are you thinking now? I mean, the Messiah has already died and rose again. Like, there's nothing you can do about it. And now his goal through his seed is to overwhelm God's seed in the hopes that God would have mercy on them. Does that make sense to anybody in here? doesn't make sense to me. I mean, but that's what he said. That's kind of like you slapping somebody just to get their attention so they would have mercy on you. <laughs> doesn't make sense. But I want you to understand what is going on in this warfare right now. It's what Jesus said before. You see all the times, you see the signs, but you don't know what's coming. Church, open up your eyes. Recognize the signs. This is going to be a tough statement. I'll lose friends. We'll lose watchers, whatever. His seed is just as prevalent today as it always has been. The difference is that they're starting to manifest. What is his seed? What is their motivation? If you want to go there, Lauren. Let's turn back to Luke. Luke chapter 12, verse 49. I came to cast fire on the earth, and would that it were already kindled. I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how great is my distress until it is accomplished. In other words, he was saying, I know I have to face the cross. And, and <laughs> how great is my distress until that's just done. That's just done. Verse 51 do you think that I have come to give peace on the earth? No. I tell you, but rather division. From now on, in one house there will be five divided. Three against two, two against three, so forth, so on. Why is he bringing division? Why? When all we want is unity. In America, man alive, we just want unity. You know, and, and maybe if we all get on board with thinking guys are girls and girls are guys and they're all it's, then maybe we can have unity. First of all, that's not unity. Please understand. And by the way, man alive, it is time for heroes to stand up. This junk that happened at the Dodger game. You, you guys hear about that? The, the, the nuns of eternal damnation or whatever their name is. What is it? What's their name? Per, perpetual, I'm going to screw up the earthness. Indulgence. Perpetual indulgence. Okay, guys. I am not here to guess who and who is not of his seed. Let me make that real clear. But there's evidence that you can weigh that gives you a pretty good idea. There are three groups of people on the earth right now. Two of them are seeds. 
You have a seed of the enemy that we just talked about. You have a seed of the woman, which is the original creation of God. But then you have this middle group. This middle group are those who are the seed of God that don't know any better but to believe in the other seed and what they're doing. And you start to see it all over. There there was this song, Man Alive. I almost thought about playing it for you guys this morning, but there's a couple versions of it and my wife would smack me if I played it on a Sunday morning. Um, if you look it up on, on YouTube, there, there is a clean version of this song. That's, that's the one I heard. But it is Am I the Only One by Aaron Lewis. And I'm not a big country fan. I don't even know how I heard this song, but I bawled. I bawled my eyes out. This song is, as, as near as I could tell, a person who does not know the Lord is recognizing the ridiculous things going on in our country. And the whole point of the song is, am I, am I seriously the only one that sees this? Why is he shouting that out and the pastors aren't? Why? I don't understand that. I don't understand why pastors, well, you can't be political. Why? I'm sorry. Pastors are political. They're supposed to be political. There's no separation of the church with the state. There is a supposed to be a separation of the church above the state. In other words, the state can't mess with the church, but the church can mess with the state. We're supposed to. We are the people, right? The problem is our voice has been taken away. Our courage has been taken away. Our resolve has been taken away. But most, our faith has been taken away. You are fighting something that is supernatural, You fight it supernaturally. That means you fight it with God, not without Him. What is going on in the world right now, and we've talked about this before, is the transparency of what God is showing for what reason? It's for what we just read. I came to bring division. I came to draw a line to show who is on this side of the line and who is on this side of the line because His seeds will be separated. The two seeds will be separated because one has to have their head crushed. And the other will have its heel bruised because of the crushing. Now don't fall into the trap of looking at people and deciding, well, they're this seed or that seed. Don't do that. Because you can't judge a heart. What you can judge is what comes out of them. You can place them on the side of enemy or friend. But no matter what church, no matter how involved you are in your careers, no matter how involved you are in other things that you plan on and work on and, you know, vacation and everything else, guess what? There comes a time you're in this war, like it or not. Like it or not. You stand up now or you stand up later, but you're going to have to stand. You're either going to have to stand or you're going to have to cower. Those are the two choices. I would suggest the first one. Because we know ahead of time who wins. We know ahead of time who gets crushed. That's the whole purpose in this. That is the readying of the bride. 
In order to ready the bride, something has to be dealt with. How can a bride flourish when the world is as it is? And I'll I'll just say the United States. Man, alive. It used to be that the United States would, would lead in things that are good. Now Europe is like, I don't want to go to the States. They're all just pretty whacked. Truth is, the States are to be leaders. But the church has kept silent and there's no leadership. So when there's a void of leadership, then they step up. All right, Lord's... <laughs> Remember a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, when, when I, I shared with you the, the court case with Lucifer. Do you all remember that? Yes, no, maybe? Yes. Okay. In there, there was a couple of figures that were given that at the time the Lord told me not to say them out loud. And one of them I'm still not going to, but the other one he just told me to say. And again, I want to caution you, do not look at somebody and decide Nephilim bloodline or righteous bloodline. That's not what this is about. It's about you understanding how the world has been, because if you don't understand the battlefield, you can't go on and fight. I asked the Lord in one of those figures, I said, Lord, in America, what is the percentage of leadership in America, you know, political leadership that is of the enemy's seed? And I'm thinking, you know, man, could it be up as high as 20, 30 percent? Like, that's insanely, you know, that's going to. He told me 80%. 80%. Huh? Was that, was that global or just the U.S.? That was global? Man, 80%. Okay, now what does that mean? That, that it's, it's people that have an opportunity to follow God, but they choose not to, so they kind of choose to be on the seat of the other. No, that's not what it is. I'm telling you the difference between the seeds is somebody who has a choice for righteousness, a choice for God, and the other seed that does not have a choice for God. Do you understand me? That's a pretty bold statement. They do not have a choice for God, just like in 1 John 4, that that none, no spirit would ever say that Jesus Christ came in the flesh that was not of God. It's the same way. This seed of the enemy, this seed of the serpent, cannot choose God. I mean, I suppose that's one way to tell the difference. (laughs) If you go up to somebody, lead them to the Lord, well, you know they weren't of the enemy. Because they can't be. They can't be saved and of the enemy. Does that make sense? So understand what we're up against. Why in the world, when you sit back and you say, why in the world are all these whacked thoughts becoming prevalent in the U.S.? And then you hear that there is a seed of the serpent that literally has control of all of that. One, because of their numbers, their sheer numbers. But two, because of their placement. Because of their placement, you have those who are of a good seed, if you, if you want to call it that, that, well, I want to get ahead in life, so you know what, I'm just going to play along with what they do. Yeah, I'll... I'll I'll do your pronouns, whatever you want to do. That's why you can't look and judge yourself because there are a lot of weak people 
that need the Lord. But please know that there is an enemy in the flesh that has a much more sinister plan than you can imagine. Because that sinister sinister plan is to destroy the very seed that God promised would do the crushing in Genesis 3. Now let me end on this. Power. Power. What do you have power to do? Last I checked, God was the one who brought down the condemnation in Genesis 3. It wasn't the serpent. It wasn't even a battle. It wasn't a discussion. Well, you know what? You should have done this and you shouldn't have done that. So, so okay, what, what if I make you crawl on your belly for like ever? Will that be okay? No. No, there is only one, jo- one judge in the court of heaven. And that is the Father. There is only one judge. Satan doesn't have a seat right next to him just to give his little opinion. You are on the winning side, guys. But just like the children of Israel... Are you going to go across that river and are you going to obey God taking a land that is your birthright and not be afraid? Because war is war. War is scary. It's scary to stand up against some of this stuff. That's the whole cancel culture junk. A lot of people that were caught up in that I don't want to be canceled, so I'll just go along with it. And it's funny how you see some of the strangest people arise. (laughs) Okay, I'm not a fan. But Dee Snyder. Anybody know who Dee Snyder is? Seriously, people? Is there nobody older, as old as me? Okay, thank you. Yes. Lead singer of... Yeah, I won't even say it into the microphone, but okay, this is a rock and roll guy back in the early 80s, you know, had hair like down to the floor, wore makeup. He, he just was about the ugliest thing I've ever seen, but he was a rocker, rocker his whole life. He came out a couple days ago and he's starting this platform against cancel, the cancel culture. And he's saying, guys, join me. We'll build this platform together that they cannot stop. Why is he leading that? Why? Now, now I don't know. Maybe, maybe he has some other people around him, good people, whatever. But why isn't the church leading that? You know Why? It's because the church just sits back knowing the end from the beginning because we have faith in what God said. Well, God's going to take care of it anyway. The whole time, for 2,000 years, God's been saying, I want you to do it. For 2,000 years, they've just, oh, we'll just wait until God, take me away. Take me away. I know I know how it ends, so I'm, I'm just going to hold on with with. With my faith. Instead of God saying, pick up the stupid gun and go on the battlefield and fight. Or, or really more of his motif, pick up the stupid sword. Pick up something and fight. You have a voice. God gave you a voice. Use it. Even right here. I was meeting with a a bunch of guys down in Jacksonville yesterday. And I told them, the Lord is raising warriors. Warriors to stand up and stand out. I don't care if you're alone. I don't care if you develop a group. You have to trust in the fact that God wants you to stand now, now to be clear, so I don't get a visit tomorrow from the Secret Service, 
I'm not telling you to pick up a gun and start a war here in the United States. I'm not saying that. Now, if somebody comes to your house and they go after you with a gun, by all means, defend yourself. Please understand, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You could do a lot more with your faith in your mouth than you could ever do with a gun. That's what God wants. God wants you in politics. God wants you at the school board meetings. You know, here's an idea. Even if you don't have kids, go to a school board meeting. Cause a ruckus. Tell them, tell them of the other seed's influence how wrong they are. And why do you have the right to do that? Because we have truth on our side. Not just what we think. Not just what we feel. But this is what our Creator said. That's why... I got to tell you, I am all for, well, let me, let me say this. I'll explain it once I say it. Let me put it that way. I am all for a one world government. Just not what they want. I am all for this world being under the rule of Jesus Christ. And by the way, it will be. Not just in the thousand year reign, not just in the millennium, but it will be now. We are in that fight now. It is coming now. This world will go into that place. And it's not because we have tanks. It's not because we have armies and we have machine guns and we have all the people. In fact, we have a remnant The global power of its time, Egypt, was destroyed without a single Israeli lifting a weapon. I mean, unless you count Moses lifting his staff. Think about that. The remnant that is on this earth right now, the remnant that we are, all you have to have is faith And a mouth. Especially here in the U.S. That's why things are starting in a place where there is supposedly free speech. And there's supposed to be free speech. And don't let the world... Be the hero before you. Because they're starting to be. People are standing up that have no idea who God is, but it is just so profane in their spirit that their freedom is being taken away that they stand. They're standing and willing to give up everything, including their lives. Shame on the church for not being the same way. And more. Because guess what? We know the end from the beginning. God told us. It's kind of like God said, hey, I'm going to put you in this battle. And by the way, you're going to win. It'll be a battle. There might be costs. There might be collateral damage. But you're going to win. So why in the world won't the church stand up? I got to tell you, it's in my opinion because they're blind. Because Satan has had such an effective effort in silencing the prophets. Not by silencing the prophets, but by plugging the ears of those who would hear. Do you know the majority of the church, the bride, those who have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior... They have no idea prophecy is even real. That's something that, you know, kind of the wacko, charismatic people do. You know, that's on one end. On the other end, then you have the wacko, charismatic people who take that and control it for themselves. 
Both are wrong. It does not deny the fact that through eternity, starting with Adam, by the way, God always sent prophets. Says in Amos to say what was going to happen before he did it. So church, and I'm talking to the broad church, open your ears. And God is going to do that through circumstance. There is a remnant rising up. They will rise up with his power. And it will be in a way that cannot be denied by even those who do not know him. The word is going to get out. But when I want to challenge this group right here and those in Nigeria and those online, step onto the battlefield and be the hero now. Don't let the world lead. Don't let the world lead. My bride, be a leader. He'll fill your mouth. Don't let fear stop you. Come on up. In ladies' class this morning, Joy said something interesting when we were talking about being ready and what does it look like to be ready. She said two words that were then expounded on by others, and that was, I want to be focused and be bold. And one thing I would caution from this uh, directive of the Lord to step in faith and step up is don't chase every fight that's around you. There are a lot of needs. There are a lot of battles. You know, from ignition standpoint, there are a lot of nations in need. And God sent us to Nigeria. Nigeria was not even in the ballpark of our brains. And God sent us. Go where you are led to go. Because the most powerful place you will see fruit is from what you receive in the secret place. If you only respond to the turmoil around you and say, oh, I got to step up for that. Oh, I need to go to that conference. Oh, I need to help these protesters. Oh, I need to go and feed these people. Oh, I need. You will fall in your endeavors. It's got to be, Lord, where are you going to send me? And the Lord's ways are higher than our ways. Over and over again, Nigeria has taught me that. It was never a place, not only that I knew about, but that I would have chosen to go. And yet all of the desires of our hearts to do ministry were fulfilled in his directive. So stay focused because there are a lot of Christians meaning well that are, in, that are going off course and trying to get involved in everything. And it's leading to frustration, uh, chaos, even discord because they're feeling the burnout and true really Burnout really doesn't exist when you're truly walking in in exactly where God has you, equipped by his spirit. Because his spirit will never uh, drop the ball in equipping you. So burnout comes when you may be off course from where he's directing you. So I just want to encourage you to do that um, before we pray and close, because that is really, really important, especially as the need is getting so great and it's all around us. We really have to go exactly and do exactly what the Lord um, wants and how he directs. And, and then one other quick thing in terms of our voice. Remember, it's not just in the public forum places. Your voice, and Brooke even said this, she was driving home from something the other day, and she said, I was just shouting and declaring in my car. There is a a weight in the spirit that you can declare against the enemy, and man, let God show you. Ask God to show you your impact in the kingdom realm. You may feel your impact is so small in your community or in this nation or your state, but in the spirit, man, there are prayer warriors that nobody knows humanly in the flesh that are so powerful and such a threat to hell's kingdom because of how powerful their prayer life is. They are known and they are, I mean, all the witches trying to send curses stay away from that person who's in the secret place and that prayer prayer warrior here. So remember, it isn't just where you can go. Otherwise, it would be unfair to people that are not able-bodied yet in their manifest healing. It's got to be the declaration and the use of your voice is 
on the prayer calls, praying with a friend on the phone, uh, declaring, you know, directly to the Lord in your private prayer life at home. But it's using your voice and your faith everywhere, not just in organized groups. Don't just think of it through the lens of human. Think of the, the, the kingdom realm impact. All right, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much. Thank you for this word, God. We know that it is time. It is time to look deep into your word to see the revelation that when we will believe for your ways only, not through man's doctrine, not through church tradition, not through religious lenses, but your revelation from your word directly opened by Holy Spirit. God, it is time to know what's going on in this world, that we might rise and do your will and your work, but your way and with your power. God, I just ask in the name of Jesus that you would give us those spirit eyes to see, those spirit ears to hear, and then a boldness and a power by faith to step in exactly what you are revealing to us. Oh, God, I just pray that you have such a high calling for your remnant, God. And I ask in Jesus' name that even here at Ignition, that you would reveal what you desire, what you desire, because the path to the fulfillment that we're having this longing for. So many of us have desires and we're, we're like, Lord, what do you want me to do? I, I just, I know you want to use me. I know you want to use me. And the focus is just, what, do, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? And your call is, let me show you who I want you to be. And then in me, I will release to you the work in this realm. So God, help us to seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, your kingdom and all the rest will be added. God, don't let us miss what you have for us because we're distracted by good works or by a need that you never called us to meet. God, I just pray for that focus, that boldness, God, and that we would just abide in that protected place of the secret place under the shadow of the Almighty, God, that you have beautifully promised. So thankful for it. But God, give us eyes to be able to... to, um, really grasp the depth of of what's going on that we might declare and pray into it god because you are moving in a mighty way and we our prayers are so powerful so i just thank you god thank you for what you released that wasn't even planned but you wanted it you wanted it released and so now we are accountable for the words that have been released today these seeds sown lord let them produce a harvest of all that you desire In Jesus' mighty and holy name.